You are listening to the According to the Technical Rules podcast, where we discuss things that matter and argue about things that don't. Listener discretion is advised. Hello. Before we start the show, we'd love to hear what you think about our podcast. If you're listening to podcasts on iTunes, uh, please leave us a review and tell us what you think or wherever you happen to be listening. The feedback is really helpful. Now on to the show. When it's time to party, we will party hard. What's up? According to the Technical Rules listeners, my name is Sam Jack, and I'm joined here, as always, by my good buddy and co-host, Matt. That's right. What's going on, Matt? You know, we I, I, I'm recovering from the adrenaline rush <laughs> that was the high school volleyball game that I just got back from. Yeah, you. Um, I saw a different person. You became another person watching uh, girls... JV and varsity volleyball. And when he, the, the juxtaposition for Sam is that I appeared as though I cared about the sport that was occurring, which, right. which is what happened. I'm not is, convinced that's true. Sam still thinks it's a ploy. Matt turned into like typical Southeast Kansas sports guy. Yeah. Out of nowhere. And I mean, he was saying things like, you know, uh, uh, what did you say? Follow through. Yeah, follow through. Follow through on the serve because that's how you get it to go down. <laughs> he, yeah, he. Uh, that science. Is he solid. said, uh, yeah, "Good eye." I think a couple times. Yeah, because they had a good eye because they let it go out of bounds. Yeah, how was that, that hard? It, it was a bad look, Matt. It was really terrifying to see you behaving that way. Behaving like a normal person. Well, yeah, I Would guess. Would you rather have me been been yelling? Sports don't matter. We're all gonna die someday. Like, is that what you'd prefer? M- my expectation. To be completely honest with you, I hope this doesn't hurt your feelings. My expectation from you was for you to do the, um, hey, sports ball. Yeah, it's great. Ha ha ha! Hit the ball. Well, this is the difference. Like, this- I thought that it would be some kind of like kind of ironic twee mm. sort of stuff, and that's not what you were doing. Like, you seemed genuinely into it, and yeah. that shook me. I'm I'm vested I'm vested in the sports that my students play in. Yeah, I want them to do well. It's very odd. Yeah, I have a, a little bit of sincerity in my heart. I mean, it's good. It's it's how you should behave. Listen, um, but it was just so off-putting to me that it's, I really it's it, sh- it shook me. It sh- it, it shook me to my core. Well, sometimes I'm a person for real. So then Matt found out about it that it was that it bothered me so oh, much. Oh, and then so I started doing it. And on then purpose, yeah. then then he returned to his normal. I said, "Let's hustle." I said, "Good hustle," and that was to yeah antagonize sam right uh, and that actually helped Sam. like okay he's being an asshole yeah. Whew, good yeah it was my my world my world was was better uh sam let me let me tell you why i enjoy watching like specifically volleyball and basketball at, at a high school level it's fun because like i i want i want my students to do well like I, right. like there's investment also i like those two sports in particular mm-hmm. uh because of blocks Oh, right. And here's the other thing that I meant to mention earlier that I didn't. So I heard a good hustle from Matt. Uh, I heard a, a good eye. At one point, he also started barking like a mm, dog. Yeah. Uh, or, or howling. It was like, no, oh, 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 oh. no it was just, oh. yeah. 
I, oh man, that's for that was for like the like a massive spike, right? I, so we have a girl who's really tall, um, and she's a pretty talented player. Mm-hmm. And at one point, got just got a perfect set and got a perfect spike, and Matt started barking like a dog. <clears throat> yeah, it's just because it's just like the grunt, the power. Oh, like, you, what were you getting ready to say, Matt? So this this is why this is why I like the sports for the blocks. Okay, because it's like someone's like, oh. I did something good. And then, like, the universe says, no, you didn't. <laughs> Sit down. Even when you're watching sports, you like uh, people to get. Oh, to get got? To feel bad oh, about yeah. themselves. To oh, get yeah. got. Well, the other team. I don't like it when, like, when like my team gets blocked. But, like, just like a, like, I'm going to come up and I'm going to bump the ball over the net. Nope. What was the other thing you liked? Oh, you liked it. Uh, you liked it when they were acting like they were going to spike and then they just Ooh, booped. Well, they just so they don't. It. So you don't really see this very much in like like well at least at our level of high school play, but like Olympic or like college or Olympic level volleyball, like when they like set it and then like like swans or like jumping fish, like they all like <laughs> they all start flying and flopping. Like who's gonna spike it? Who, who no one knows who's gonna spike it? And then a spike. No, I mean uh, the little boop. The little instead oh, of like the when fake. they go up and they just and they just kind of push it over the net. You were getting pretty that, stoked about that. Too. Yeah, so like I like that because that's how I would play volleyball. Is that I would rev up and I'd be like, I'm gonna smash it. I'm like, Boop, just kidding, guys. Yeah, and then so, like, oh no, I'm too off balance. Score. It was very, it was very strange. It was a, it was, it was an odd experience. I think, I think, I, I think I want to embrace this mat. But well, it was a, odd for you because you saw me enjoying something. Yeah, but there's a part of me that wasn't like. Reveling in the anguish of someone. There's a part of it that concerns me. That like I, I still am not sure whether this is a sincere mat or just a mat that's uh, playing along. No, I like it. Okay. Well, Here's glad. the thing. Also, and Sam was discouraging this, which was really disappointing. Which is fine. Um, I love to heckle refs. That's my. I love to heckle refs. I will admit that that was a bad look for you. That and 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 here's why. Now that we're in, now that we're in the safe confines, safe space of the mobile podcast bunker. Mm-hmm. The heckling was not the problem. The manner in which you heckled was the problem. Was it too mean? No, it it wasn't straightforward enough. It was mm. very, it was very like sort of like sarcastic and ironic. Well, how is it? And what I'm looking for, what I'm looking for from a good heckle is, you're wrong, uh, you're dumb, you can't see anything, you're a bad ref. No, I don't not, like that. I not, don't, I don't want to. Oh, do- oh, look at me! I'm a big ref. And, and no, I- this is what I. So no, this is what I was doing. <laughs> uh, audience, you be the judge. It's a bad look. There were a lot of calls of like, we would do something kind of good. And then they say, no, you touched the net. Or no, you like, there's a lot of like, oh, you stepped over the line. And like, it's kind of questionable whether or not that has actually happened. Um, And that happened a lot. And so what I started to say is, regardless of where the player was, when they did something well, I would say, are you sure they went over the line, Riff? Are you sure? Yeah. Like that kind of. But that doesn't fit what you were saying. I don't think that's vague. But it's not right. It's not, I mean, you say you're wrong, Riff. It just feels very, um, it's almost... I think you just don't like my brand of heckling. It's almost, but it's almost it's insecure. Lo- like, how is it insecure? Oh, I don't know. Are you sure about that? Like, no, it's you're the, wrong. It's the, it's the sarcastic, it's the mean yeah. sarcastic rhetorical question. I don't love it. I don't love well, it. Well, you just don't like the brand. It's still heckling. It's still fine. 
<laughs> I, I let me make it clear. R- uh, refs are made for heckling. Yeah. You should be hard on them. Uh, I'm just, I just, I'm just not sure. I'm comfortable with. Well, your I can't, I this can't is, call a ref stupid at a high school game. That's true. You got to be a little creative. This is all new to me. Experiencing sports with Matt, it's a, it's a new thing. I'm gonna try to get him to go to to uh, football games and stuff with me. Football game where? Elsie. Mm, we'll see. Your alma mater. Yeah, that'll be fun. Would it? I think so. Sounds like it'd feel awkward. You get to show up and uh, say hi to all the townies that you went to school with that still live there. I don't even know if I know anyone that still lives there. Oh, me. You don't live in Altamont. You live in the country. Well, this is going to get cut. Now people know way too close to where I live. Uh, you live at this address. So, yeah, it's fun. It's it's fun and strange uh, watching sports with Matt. But I think it's something that I want to develop. I want to I be a part of it. Uh, during basketball season? Yeah. Because my friend Chris Nash mm-hmm. gets vocal well, at yeah. basketball games. And he just encourages me. He knows a lot about, about he does. basketball. Yeah. I just love to yell at refs when I get a call that I don't like. But he actually is like, oh, come on. Like, this is actually a bad call. Well, this segment's going long. But that, that I think, may be the problem that I have with it is that you're almost, you're rooting for the, for the game, not for the game that's happening. No, that's not necessarily true. That's how it feels. Well, no. So, like, the other one is just a ref heckle. It's yeah. not saying that's a bad call. It's saying, hey, you've been shit this game. Are you sure you didn't make a dumb call again, you dumb ass? That's what my original, <laughs> that's what the heckle is. You like that. When, when that's I, pretty good. When I'm, when I'm an ass about it, it's fine. Hey, let's talk about opening statements. All right. So we thought it was pretty fitting, uh, now that we're both full-grown teachers, mm-hmm. uh, and we were we just got back from a high school volleyball game. Yeah, uh, that we're going to talk about teaching. That's exciting. <laughs> Sam is excited. He's like, "Oh boy, I'm going to talk about teaching." So we we thought it would be fun to talk a little bit about uh, since we are now both teachers. Uh, talk about uh, if we if we like teaching, what we like about teaching, um, why. We, we've chosen to be teachers and then just a little bit about like teachers we liked and stuff like that. And we thought that would mm-hmm. be fun to talk about just yeah. for anyone who might be curious about how we came to be where we are career wise. It's B- uh, besides, besides world famous podcasters. It's uh it's something that we have in common. Um, and it's something that I think that we've both thought about a lot mm-hmm. and uh, something that has uh, teachers and also teaching has, has affected our lives. Um, so yeah. Hey Sam. So uh, do you like teaching? Well, I mean, Grant, if you, if you've taught before. I have taught before. So do you like teaching? Um, I have taught in a part-time capacity uh, for nine years. So you were a teach? Yes. <laughs> That's good. I like that. <laughs> Thanks. Give, give me good credit. Don't, I was, don't pity laugh, but give me credit. We're going to get one of the uh, one of the laugh tracks from last episode in here for that for that joke. <laughs> um, yeah, I like I, I like teaching. I was an adjunct, um, is what it's called. I do enjoy teaching. I uh, a lot of my like through college and everything. I spent. I did a lot of tutoring, mm-hmm. um, which is more of a one-on-one thing. So I enjoy that too. That's a that's a skill that I developed. <clears throat> um, but the thing I like about teaching, I think, is is the ability to take a subject that a lot of students have a lot of built up resentment about or students are scared of or th- something that they think that they can't do um, and try really hard to make it accessible. 
Yeah. Um, I, if I haven't made it clear, I teach math. I think Matt has made it very clear during this uh, show, the run of this show that I do. But He's, um, that's why I call him the pretentious mathematician. Right. So I like teaching. I like teaching math to students. Um, a lot of the teaching previous to where I'm at now was developmental classes. So uh, classes to catch students up to college level algebra. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's different. I, I, the, the, the classes I'm teaching now are a little bit different, but a lot of the same subjects, a lot of the same concepts and stuff. So Matt, what about you? Do you like teaching? I do like teaching. So, uh, unlike Sam, I didn't teach. I had a lot of experience working with kids like in, in children's programs and after school programs and stuff like that, but I didn't actually teach until I was working at the school I'm at now. Um, and I'm starting my fourth year. And I would say that I do like teaching. Yeah. I was going to stop there and just see what you... That's fine. I, <laughs> I do. Case closed. <laughs> um, but I do like teaching. I enjoy the... Like, I, I've taught high school, middle school, lower school while I'm there. Right. Um, and lower school is my favorite. Really? Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I enjoy teaching high school. Um, and, and like, I really enjoyed the, the students that I taught. Um but I think in general, uh, I enjoy the age range that I teach. I teach as young as pre-K, so that's four, and then as old as fifth grade. So I think that's like a, I think that's eleven or twelve, um, and that's that's the age range that I like. Do you have an idea why you like teaching that that age group? Because that age group is easily enthused. Oh, right. Uh, and so a sure. lot of like, especially at that age, a lot of that, a lot of the challenge is just having the energy to pump your kids up about what you're doing. Right. Um, because especially like pre-K through third, mm-hmm. like it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you just become excited about it, right. they reflect your excitement. And it's and it's easy for them, like and it's easier to get them to buy into the lesson. It would be, I think for me, I, I'm very intimidated by teaching grades that low because... Um, I, a lot of my job is fixing bad habits. I'm very worried about being the teacher that gives students bad math habits in the first place. Mm. Like teaching fundamental, extremely fundamental concepts like that. Yeah. Um, in math is very intimidating to me. And see, I don't have that pressure because I teach a, I teach a special. Sure. So I don't necessarily build, like what I teach doesn't build up on the next year because it doesn't like. The, the amount of time that I have them, it doesn't really factor that way. Right. They do get better at Spanish and we do more complicated things, but like I could have a new student come in whenever and within a couple of weeks they fit in pretty well. Um, and so I don't have that pressure. And so mostly it's just me of like, my goal is I need them to enjoy what we're doing, enjoy learning Spanish. So then I can do different things and teach them different things. Yeah. That's cool. Um, and then they're more willing to want to study that. Cause like they, they, after fifth grade, they don't take Spanish for a couple of years and then they have the opportunity to take it again. Um, and like, and yeah, I want them to study Spanish. That would be nice. But also I just want them to be excited about setting a foreign language. Right. Like remember, Oh yeah, I remember setting foreign language. That was cool. Even if it was Spanish and they go into like Latin or they go into Chinese or something like that. Yeah. Um, and even like even so like if they don't like the other languages, even if they remember, oh, I don't really like I don't really like like German, but like I really like Spanish. Like that at least there's a language that they really enjoy learning that they'll continue. I think my I think my sweet spot for teaching is probably probably high school. 
Um, and I wouldn't have said that until pretty recently, but I, uh, I like students who are in the place where they're starting to think about what the next step is. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a little more buy-in to what we're doing. We, we're not in the, um, you know, third year of algebra straight. Right. We're starting to go into the more interesting. I, I say interesting as if I'm talking bad about algebra, but stats. No, it's, yeah. Maybe stats, more applicable. Calc. Yeah, cause what, cause, because what we do generally is we tell students, well, we're teaching this so that then you can do this. this. And I like teaching the this. Yeah. Um, and I, so I like students who have a little bit more focus. I also like students who have matured uh, generally past some of the real insecurity of being in a classroom with your peers. Gotcha. They're to the point where they're more more secure in learning and mm-hmm. ready to like learn and understand the, the concepts. Gotcha. That makes know? sense. Yeah. So uh, that, that, that's that's why I like teaching, but. But I haven't I haven't taught very much middle school. I've taught high school and college level. Yeah. So uh, my friend uh, Clayton really enjoys teaching middle school. Yeah, which I think is interesting because I feel like because I've heard that because I didn't I taught it for like a semester when I say I taught middle school and the the class that I had was really small so like to me it was fine but I've heard that it's it's very challenging or it can be very a very challenging age group to teach. I can only imagine. I can only imagine. No. Accept it. And so, but he really enjoys that. But Or he enjoyed it. He doesn't teach it right now, but he enjoyed that age group. Yeah. Um, which I think is interesting. Also, I just wanted to drop drop his name. We haven't talked about him in a while. That Clayton Carnahan. I think we talked about him last episode. Did we? I think he came up last episode. Perfect. Yeah. I love it. Uh, Sam, so we both like teaching. Why do we teach? What what brought you to being a teacher? Okay, um, I kind of came into teaching through a sideways route. Mm. Um, Sidewinder. I went to when I was in community college. I wanted to be a. I, I was an engineering major. I I, I was a pre engineering major. I wanted to be an engineer. Um, and I think I think the reason why I chose engineering was primarily because it seemed like. Uh, this is going to sound really pretentious and it probably is. It was at the time. Um, it was like the hardest thing. So I just thought, well, I'll just do that. Like I'll just pick the hardest thing and I'll do the hardest thing. Um, and at some point I decided I really didn't like the chemistry side of things. Like mm-hmm. the, the lab courses gotcha. didn't interest me. Um, I enjoyed physics. Okay. But I didn't, but just the chemistry stuff was just a lot of stuff I didn't want to do. Um, so I looked at my transcript and I counted up the classes I had and I had the most math classes. That was kind of the next major, um, that had the most classes. So I decided to be a math major. Um, and I didn't have a lot of focus outside of like, I, I, I like math. Mm -hmm. Um, by that point I felt confident in math. I felt like I was good at it. Um, so I decided when I went to my undergrad, I decided to do math, um, and when I graduated, the summer I graduated, uh, someone from the college that I worked at until recently called me and said, "Hey, we need a we need a summer math teacher for these classes. Would you? We heard you graduated. Would you be willing to teach?" Uh, and I didn't have a job, and I said, "Yeah, sure. That sounds great." So I drove like 
an hour and 15 minutes to teach Ugh. a night class to teach a night class. No. Um, yeah. To no. like, I think it was eight students. So the, the night classes in the summer that had a very small class sizes, um, taught it for three hours, one night a week. Ugh. We would take a break about halfway through and walk across the street to the, uh, uh, gas station and get snacks and then go and finish up class. Nice. That was our class. Um, I prepped what I thought was an entire week and taught it in the first half of class that, and gave them a break and basically like scrambled to write the rest of the stuff for the, that day. <laughs> and I went home and I was a mess, but, uh, yeah, that's how I started teaching. And so then I taught for that school every semester, um, ended up going to grad school for math. Um, I figured at this point, why, why change directions? Right. Um, so, but that was just a part-time gig. I mean, I, my, my, my regular job was managing, um, the tutoring program and being, being an advisor. So when the, uh, opportunity presented itself at the new school, I, I thought, well, I, you know, I want to be in the classroom more. I want to be in the classroom full time. Um, and so I decided to go for it and, and it has, it has turned out to be a very interesting and a very rewarding, uh, adventure. So what about you, Matt? Um, so I graduated from undergrad with a bachelor's in Spanish because my original plan, and a lot of people don't know this. Yeah, Matt, what do you do with a degree in Spanish? <laughs> so I graduated with a degree in because I originally studied Spanish, but I was studying Spanish because my original plan, and a lot of people don't know this, uh, was to be a pastor. And so my idea was like, well, it doesn't matter what my undergrad is. Cause I'm just going to get an undergrad and then go to seminary. Right. And so I just chose the thing that I was interested in, which was Spanish. And so I graduated with Spanish. Did you have any intention on, um, working with Latinos in that at the time? No, you know what I mean? I mean that because sometimes people, people do that. Right, because they plan on like do, doing missions work or or yeah, I did not preaching bilingually. No, okay, no, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm just curious. Um, I was just well, I was very prideful and very arrogant and, and dumb. Like, like in in terms of what I thought I knew, what I thought I was good at, like, sure. not necessarily like in person. Um, I was just an ass in person. Shut up. Um, I was a terrible person. How do I have friends there? Is that what you wanted to hear, Sam? <laughs> no. Uh, so I. Uh, so I graduated with Spanish with a minor in philosophy. I just wanted to be sure I could not work anywhere. <laughs> um, except AT&T. <laughs> except AT&T. And so then I like moved to Philadelphia because I did, had no idea what I was going to do. And I was like, well, I'll, I'll take a quick break because I was kind of burnt out with school. Take a quick break and then start seminary. Uh, and then I slowly came to the realization that you didn't believe in God. That God was dead. No, that I <laughs> that I didn't want to be a pastor. Um, that was, uh, yeah, didn't want to be a pastor. Not because God was dead, but because I did not feel like Christian full time Christian ministry was not the was not a, a good choice for me. Sure. And so then I was faced with, well, hell, what am I going to do? Uh, and so I. Moved back from Philly, started working, worked a couple awful jobs, and then um, I started working at AT and T. Was like, well, this is this is just a job that I'll do until I find something better. I worked there for three and a half years. 
Yeah. I knew it was a while. I didn't know how long it was. It was way too long. Like, my soul is still dead. Like, I'm still numb in my soul. Like, there's a little part of me that doesn't feel, and it just has AT&T scribbled on it. Uh, and so, I... That's very dramatic. It's also true, Sam. Just I believe something's you. dramatic isn't true. I heard that condescension in your voice. And so, I I was actively looking for a job. So, who saved you from this this pit of despair? Jesus, No. Um, because it was a play because you said guy was dead. I thought it was dead. Clayton. He's truly alive. Ha, ah, Clayton. Technically my wife. Um, so I was actively looking for a different job, but by, at this point I, I had come to realize that I would, I would really love to be able to use my degree in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, like I did enjoy, like I knew I wasn't at the time my Spanish was real rusty, but I knew like if I could go somewhere that I could, use my degree in some capacity that would feel really great. So in other words, um, I'll say mucho, cano, practicar, uh, su espanol. What the hell does cano mean? <laughs> you made a lot of cane to practice Spanish. <laughs> all of our Spanish speaking listeners just died. Sorry guys. They all had a stroke. How could you? How would you say, I don't practice my Spanish very much? You say, no, yeah. practico mi español. All right. Or, no practico mi español con frecuencia. I don't gotcha. practice my Spanish frequently. Anyway, sorry, let's move on. Anyway, Your Spanish was on. rusty. Cutting, it, cutting that out. Uh, Spanish was rusty, and then um, my wife was working at a school, and they had a brand new position for a lower school Spanish teacher. And I had a bunch of experience with kids, and I knew that I enjoyed working with kids. I don't think that I considered that as a career path, but I knew that I liked it. Uh, and then so I went through a very rigorous, like, two-month interview process. My God. Right. Um, and then I got the job. And so since then, I really, really, really enjoy it. I could, like, I could absolutely make a career out of it. Um, I don't know how, I don't know like if I will end up doing that or not because who knows what the future holds. Right. Um, but I, I enjoy it. I like it. So you so. would be interested in, I mean, you would be interested in making a career out of teaching, um, not, not even ooh, education. So here's like, the thing. I like, the, the issue is that I specifically like teaching lower school Spanish. Okay. And, that's hard to do. And that's much harder to do than just teaching. And so that's why I say like, I don't know if teaching in general, um, like I don't know if I would want to teach elsewhere. Sure. Um, or if I want to teach a different grade level. Um, but I mean, for right now, really like what I do. So that's nice. Yeah. Awesome. That's, that's kind of where I came to this. So, um, are there any, do you want to move on or do you have more stuff to say? So, um, are there any teachers that you had, um, that have influenced you or, or affected you as a teacher now? Oh yeah. So, um, so teachers that I've had that I think have affected how I interact with students, um, Mrs. Luttrell in fourth grade. Okay. And the reason why I say that is because, um, I had a nice, like after school rapport with her or so I remember. Um, and I remember that was the grade that I really started to like reading, but I remember having nice rapport with her. 
Uh, and I guess it misses Hines in the fifth grade as well. And so like when I interact with kids, like I remember, like, even if it's a little bit, you okay. Yeah. Even if it's a little bit like I that. I get distracted. I'm, 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 uh, I guess we should tell the listeners, uh, Hannah, the producer, uh, has let us set us off on our own adrift tonight. So I am running the computer and I get super distracted by the little bars that go up and down when mm. we talk. And so Matt saw that nice. I was losing focus and it's not because he's uninteresting. It's because the little bars are bouncing. Fine. So like the, that like casual relationship, like I, this teacher talks to me outside of the classroom. Um, yeah, I really appreciate it. Uh, and so I, I remember that. I mean, I've seen you in the hallways, and, and you do. You go out of your way to acknowledge students and to, to talk to them and to have things that you kind of have, like ongoing little inside yeah. jokes and things I tried to. with them. Yeah, I think that's really cool. Um, and then that was kind of all for mid- I, that was all for middle school. Didn't like, I liked my teachers. Didn't have any like particularly bad teachers there. And then in high school, um, Mr. Van Winkle. That's um, not a real person. Oh, name. it's a real person. He he taught my he taught me uh, my algebra one class. Good old Rip. Good old Rip. Um, he I just remember going into his classroom before school started and hanging out, and just remembering like how it like it felt comfortable and safe to be in that classroom because I was really socially awkward. I was hoping you could give me good tips for actually how to teach algebra. Oh uh, no, but, I've no. got nothing. So your your positive experiences with teachers were primarily. Like not classroom related, but were I was yeah sort of like I, a relationship too. outside of the classroom. Yeah, like like just showing like basically interacting with kids outside of like the academic scene. Yeah, uh, was important. And then like for teachers that actually like influenced like the way that I feel like I was taught. Mm-hmm. Um, my Spanish teacher, uh, Brett Carlson, Mister Carlson, uh, he was the biggest influence. Uh, for sure in terms of how I teach uh, because that was a, that was the first class that I really, because I, I, I started that class my sophomore year and that was the first class I really remember like, Oh wow, this is fun. Like this is like, I go to this class, I have a good time in this class and I learn in this class. Um, and so that, that affected my teaching philosophy a lot. Were you an overachiever in high school or an underachiever? A uh, lazy overachiever. Okay. <laughs> um, if that makes sense, I enjoyed. Yeah, that I makes a lot of doing sense. Doing well, but I didn't like to go too above and beyond. Gotcha. And then last teacher is uh, the class that I really remember enjoying a lot was Mr. Goins' AP English class. Yes. Uh, and the reason, and this affects my teaching a little bit, like he told the dumbest funny stories. Yeah. Uh, like he, like that's the first time I heard the 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 joke with the punchline, like the like the Irishman goes into a bar and. They say like, "Hey, I bet you can't draw this number. I bet you can't draw the number nine without doing numbers." And like he draws like trees, um, and then like eventually the punchline is like he has like these trees in a turd, and he's like, uh, t- "Like dirty tree in a turd, like on thirty three and a third. Ah, uh, yeah, he's I, he's he's good with the puns. Yeah, very punny, right? Um, and then I just remember, I mean, that was a fun class, but I remember like he was, he he was like, he wasn't uh draconian and in the classroom like i mean he needed us to pay attention but i remember because that was also a senior level class but i remember like it was it felt comfortable but i still remember working hard and 
yeah, remember working hard, remember having really great discussions, mm-hmm. enjoying him, feeling like I was being listened to, like feeling like he opened the class really well for discussion. Um, but I did not feel like the class was like a PUD class. Like yeah. that was a class that we had to do stuff in. Right. Uh, so yeah, those were the, the teachers for me for sure. Right on. Sam? Uh, well, it's a little more difficult for me because for the majority majority of middle school and high school, I only had one teacher. Just talk about your mom. I was homeschooled. So, uh, (laughs) shout out to Sam's mom. My mom is one of my favorite teachers. Um, because the, the, really the thing that she taught me was, um, you're a handsome boy. Well, no, I figured that out on my own. (laughs) Hey, I don't know what that means. Uh, we did a lot of sort of like long-term, um, research projects. Mm -hmm. So I learned a lot of, I don't want to call them research methods, but like sort of diving deep into one particular topic. That's really cool. I remember we spent a whole year pretty much just on the Westward expansion and mountain men. I was obsessed with mountain men. Um, so like all my book reports, well, yeah, I guess it does. Uh, I, we did a, our, our homeschool collective did, um, like a talent show and my talent was loading a muzzle loader. So I had, I like had nice. like a full, uh, mountain man costume. Yeah. That was really cool. If I could get some type of media of that, I could die pretty happy. I'm, I'm, I'm I don't know if that exists. I mean, oh, I, I'm asking now cause I know that your mom listens to this. Julie, if you have any pictures of that, I would love to have it. She may have some. I still have. Uh, I still have the like the 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 horn the the horn from the mountain oh, yeah? costume. Yeah. Uh, so you know, my mom. Yeah, really good teacher. That's awesome. Um, taught me a lot about like a love of learning, um, love of reading, mm-hmm. and then just kind of. I mean, I still I'll get obsessed with a topic, and I just really like that kind of deep dive into mm-hmm. something. Uh, well, that's good because a lot of times you hear when people are homeschooled, like they they do not have fond memories of being taught by their parents. Really? And oh yeah, that's what I hear a lot. Yeah. Um, and then um, like either the parents regret it or the the children really really didn't like it. Sure. Um, and like they end up doing like some type of independent curriculum because the the parent like it like independent curriculum where the, the kid just does school on their own at home. Yeah. Um, with no, with no input from the parent just because like the parent can't handle it. So it's, how it's, big is your sample size? I don't know. Enough for me to make a anecdotal generalization. Okay. That's kind of what I figured. Don't attack my studies. I mean, well, just, because I grew up with some of the homeschoolers, you know, no, I'm not talking about them. Okay. That would make me feel really bad. Yeah. No, I have not. I've not heard anything. This is, this is more from, Stories I've heard much later in life. So we can have, we should probably just do a whole episode on homeschooling at some point. Because there's a whole lot of other things to talk about homeschooling. But I'm going to move on through my teachers that I liked. Okay. Uh, One, my grade, in grade school, so my grade school experience, one of my favorite teachers was Mrs. Blackwell. Um, Is that that Mr. Well, this is going to sound like a dumb question, but Sam will know what I'm asking. Is that Mr. Blackwell's wife? Mr. Blackwell's mom. Oh, awesome. Yes. Cool. And her husband was the principal, so the times when I got sent to the principal's office, oh, no. I had to deal with him. Um, and, you know, we kind of are also talking about in terms of, like, how did these teachers influence our teaching? Uh, mostly it influences my teaching in 
feeling a lot of sympathy for them now that I'm a teacher because <laughs> I would think I was kind of a bad kid in grade school. Um, but she was always, she was very patient with us. I, I took second grade. Um, you know, it was obviously she cared about all of us and that she took a genuine interest in us and that she wanted us to succeed. Um, so like thinking about a teacher, a second grade teacher, um, like gave me that much care and gave me that much attention cool. is, is a really big deal. Yeah. And then the other teacher I think that affected me was this was in, this was in my undergrad, uh, was not a math teacher. Um, I had some very good math teachers, um, and a great philosophy teacher and a good, and, oh, fantastic philosophy teacher. Um, but did, my, did you take intro to philosophy from him? I did not take intro to philosophy. Mm. I took a real class. I took a real logic class. Ooh, hey, you know, I also took that class. So yeah. self burn. I took a you. class about logic. Yeah. Did you learn logically how you should have taken all the philosophy classes you needed today? So, uh, like you were missing a foundation. Dr. Conrad Gubera taught. That sounds like a, like a warrior. Name. He's a real guy. He's cool. He taught anthropology and sociology and he was, um, I had him and then my other, and then the other sociology teacher at community college was Brad Huffager. And they both were aggressively abrasive, almost to the point of upsetting students. Hmm. And this does not affect my personal education style, but I really enjoyed the classes with them because it was <laughs> just short of combative. Mm. Um, and, the, and I don't know whether it's because they were sociology teachers or just because they both happen to be a couple of mean old curmudgeons. Um, but I really enjoyed the classes I took from them. I'm going to go with uh, a generalization of all sociology teachers that all, not all curmudgeoning old men are sociology teachers, but all sociology teachers are curmudgeoning old men. But I liked those guys. They challenged me personally, like to duels, to explore my my beliefs, my worldview, my thought processes. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and that, in turn, affected my entire education. Yeah, you know, because because math is kind of a safe subject in terms of there is usually a right answer and there's usually a wrong answer. Um, and we'll teach you how to get there. Um, and so these sociology, these two sociology teachers were a lot more about like, you have to debate somebody. And oh, by the way, I'm going to give you the side of the topic that you don't agree with. Mm. And that was really, uh, really fun and really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So you ready to move on to objections? Let's do it. Objection! Why don't you me? tell me what you think is the best game, I and I'll tell you why you're wrong. No, that's not at all true. I disagree with that. Well, you're wrong. Ah! <laughs> you're burnt! So, today, uh, for objections, <laughs> Matt and I are going to have a pretty, I think, a pretty one-sided discussion about the relative merits of our chosen field of study. Sam says one-sided discussion because... We, we talked about it beforehand, and it's pretty clear that we both agree that Spanish is a little more useful. Well, there's one but, subject that matters. Oh, yeah? Uh, that's changed the world. And then there's mm. one subject that just people talk. Oh, yeah? Tell me, tell me the subject where only people talk. And they don't write, and they don't listen, and they don't express, and they don't create. Tell me, tell me the one where they just talk. Spanish. Oh, yeah? Is it that one? Uh-huh. Mm. Let me tell you a little something about, about math. Sam. All right, let's hear it. What do you have to say about math, Matt? Um, I don't need to study math because I have a fucking computer. And unless I'm at the very tip-top 
like super scientist trying to tear a wormhole into a next galaxy, which good luck, by the way. Uh, I'm going to say that learning a foreign language, I'm going to, I'm going to take the asshole stance and not even just argue for Spanish, but argue for all the foreign language. So you're telling me Um, right now that math is meaningless. I'm not saying it's meaningless. I'm saying it's really useless beyond, uh, beyond what my smartphone can do for me. So first of all, let me establish that the math that you do every day is important. Right. Regardless of whether or not you can use your computer, but what I'm it. saying, like in terms of teaching it. Second of all, math matters on a global scale. Would you agree with me on oh, that? Yeah, foreign, yeah, language doesn't though. You're right. Okay, so math matters yeah. on a global scale Maybe in terms of oh, doesn't. I don't know, rocket ships. Oh yeah, airplanes. How do you think they got the ideas for rocket ships? Do you think that they just set set alone and they just wrote in? And just words in a dark room, and they're like, "Oh man, I have no way to Matt, express how do you this." Think, how do you think your smartphone works? How do I think my smartphone works? Because people, the smartphone that you rely upon to do math, people use the language to talk about ideas to bring it together. Get on my level, Sam. People use the language of mathematics. Oh, the language of mathematics. Mm-hmm. I think you're using the term language pretty loosely. No, Sam. What health benefits does math have? What health benefits health does math have? Benefits. I would start with counting calories. No. I would then. You don't move actually on, count calories. I just plug it into an app. Move on to Someone the else entire medical profession. No, 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 no. I'm not saying what is math useful for. I mean, when you learn math, how does that help your body? I um, I can't say. Oh well, let me tell you a little. How bit. does Spanish help let your body you when you learn it? Let me tell you a little bit of something about Spanish as a foreign language. Let's Studies have shown that learning a foreign language staves off dementia and potentially Alzheimer's. So when you get to be eighty and you're like, "Oh, where's a number?" I'm gonna be. I don't know, 60? How old are you? How much older are you than me? You're I think old I'm to be about in- five years. So I guess when you're 100 and you're okay. like, what are the squigglies? And I'm 80, I'm going to go, oh, Sam, too bad you didn't learn a foreign language. So because- studies have also shown that uh, solving puzzles mm-hmm. and doing uh, numbers and things like Sudoku. Doing numbers. Yes. Put that on the record book, folks. And things like Sudoku. <laughs> Also helps stave off dementia, oh, yeah? as well as Alzheimer's. Um, but so let, let's let's so let's 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 do this. Uh, you could solve a puzzle and put numbers in a box in a certain order, or you could know how to talk to an extra like three hundred million people. See, you are Sam. currently betraying how intellectually bereft you are, positing that solving puzzles is not interesting. So that's really the main benefit of mathematics. Not interesting. Is learning a system no of one, thought. No one ever is, is like learning trying how to, talk to categorize to the world. And like, oh man, mathematics sure is the underlying structure, the fabric of the entire universe. I'm to order is the based food. on mathematics. Good thing I, I don't know understand what two how you can possibly say is. to me that math isn't important. The math doesn't matter. No, 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 you no, no, learn no, no. things in mathematics that change the structure of your brain. I did. Do you understand what I'm saying? to you no you don't because you don't know how to do math oh yeah what if i just started talking in spanish where's your math god now sam i don't care what you have to say in spanish that sounds a little a little uh xenophobic sam yeah baby 
Mm, that's inappropriate. That's <laughs> inappropriate. Listen, Sam, I'm not saying that math is unimportant. Listen up, man. I was saying that facetiously. What I'm saying is, is that if someone really had to choose between on a practical level, do you want to be good at calculus or do you want to be able to speak a foreign language fluently? Okay. I'm saying that math can suck my balls. That's what I'm saying. Well, first of all, when you learn how to speak a foreign language fluently, let me know. <laughs> all right. Second That's of all, fine. second of all, my point Punta. is that math is important. Hey, Bindejo. <laughs> Pinche cabron. Um, now, how you, now how you feel about me, Spanish? Tu mamá escucha este podcast, por favor. <laughs> So what I'm Say saying is simpatico. that math is super duper important to your everyday super life duper. and math is important for making you a better person. And what you are oh, saying is, please. what you are saying is that please. you can maybe show off a little bit at a Spanish restaurant when you order. Hey, was, was Isaac Newton like a great person? I've dropped my mic. I'm done. Are you? Was Isaac Newton like a great person? Yes. No, he wasn't. He was this little, little social shut in. Who stole calculus from somebody because Who? he thought math was so great. Who? It's a secret. I can't tell you. Why don't you put <laughs> numbers together and figure it out, Sam? Leibniz. Good for you. Yeah. And then what about Edison with all of his math, math putting the things together? He just stole all his ideas Tesla. from Tesla. Yeah, I a, already knew that, Sam. A mathematician. Yeah. I'm just saying that math as a science... All it does is revolve around stealing ideas from other people so you can proclaim how smart you are when in reality, if you really thought about it, you could do 90% of important math just by thinking about things. You're right, Matt. Spanish, you have to... Edison, Edison really should have just used his smartphone mm, to I, invent all of the things that he invented. It. He had a... What's the, what's, the, what's the computer called? The the The... I'm bad at language. I'm saying that language is important, but I'm not good at English. That's not the that's not the uh, argument. The, 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 like the, you have like a, oh, I want to scoot these things over here, and then I want to scoot these things. Oh, an abacus? Yeah, he had oh, an abacus. Okay. I thought you were talking about the difference engine. Um, I would be, I would use. Ada, Ada Lovelace, the, she basically programmed an, the first computer. It's an abacus, or whatever. Yeah. I'm just saying that you can do those things without math. It's an abacus. You don't need math for that. And I have lived my whole life without Spanish. He's lying, by the way. He went to Guatemala, if you remember. <laughs> son of a... Son of a... Fair you enough. You liar! <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Spanish is the best. All right. Ooh. So I think we, I think we settled that pretty well, Sam. I yeah. Th- I oh, say, I think it's. Oh, I, I think it's settled. The victor of that argument, I would say, it's uncontested. No need to say it out loud. True. No, no feelings need to be hurt. It's verdad. But I think we know in both of our hearts, one plus one hearts, who won. Mm-hmm. So I we we've got a we got a couple segments and then we're going to be done. Uh, we've got a it's it's football season. And I think Sam has a sports corner for me. Sports corner, it's both in a corner. Sports corner, it's a corner for sports. Sports corner, we talk about sports. Corner, sports corner, yeah!
So in, in preparation for the sports corner, uh, Sam, w- w- in no uncertain terms, told me to not learn about sports. Well, f- <laughs> that is true. First of all, the reason why I told you not to learn about sports was because our intention was to do this sports corner about two episodes ago. Oh, okay. So all of my sports corner questions were going to be about boxing and specifically the McGregor Mayweather fight. But see, I already, I already, like, I know the thing, like, I, I know a little too much about that. I don't know what you know about boxing in particular. I know enough, like pop culture enough not to be super ignorant. Okay. Well, do you know that not all boxing is like Rocky movies? Um, yeah. Okay. I can tell you the style of boxing. Well, so that's why I asked you not to learn about it because at the I time tried. I thought that you were, yeah. Well, I tried not to. So today's edition of Sports Corner <laughs> is going to be the fantasy football edition. <laughs> okay. I know. I know the rules of football for the most part, but I know Jack squat about <laughs> i know jack your name's jack nice um i don't know anything about the players what do you know about fantasy football well it's basically like you pretend to be game managers right right yeah you pretend to be like a like an owner yeah and you, um, like, you draft players and and then like it's that. based on yeah so it's basically it's um it's dungeons and dragons for jocks which yeah, suck at jocks i will admit nerds. i got into a big fight on facebook one of the one of the reasons why i do not like uh getting in discussions on facebook is because i got in a really big fight with somebody uh who swore up and down that fantasy football was nothing like dungeons and dragons no what a fool be honest with yourself sir yeah right that's exactly what i'm saying and he just kept getting stuck up on but there's but but football's real and fantasy football's fake uh, football fantasy football's real and dungeons and dragons is fake football is as real as monopoly is they're both games. Yeah. All right. So, in my opinion, uh, uh, fantasy football is like Dungeons and Dragons in that um, you select a team of football players based mm-hmm. on like real life football players. That's your team. Every week, the how good they do in the comp- in the competition in the game mm-hmm. determines how good your team does. So, okay. if you select. Uh, a group of good players, then they're going to get a lot of points for you and you're going to beat people. So, okay, that makes sense. I oh, think, yeah, because you do kind of the same thing in League of Legends. Yeah, if you say so. So <laughs> I think what I'd like to do is I'd like to just give you a few um, football players. Oh, boy. Okay. And I want to get your your take on their fantasy outlook. Okay. All right. So let's start with, uh, let's start with Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell. All right. Little underrated. Do you want information? Le'Veon Bell, uh, running back for the. Oh, you shouldn't. You Steelers. shouldn't tell me. You shouldn't tell me. Oh, okay. I won't do that positions. anymore. Yeah. All right. Le'Veon Bell. I know he's a running back for the Steelers. You can tell me what team they play for. That would be fine. Don't okay. tell me the position. Um, a little underrated. I think, uh, fantasy wise, he he's gonna be a a pretty a pretty safe pick. Um, maybe not a lot of like like probably not looking at like high scores from him in terms of like touchdowns um but in terms of yards gained he he's a monster so if you're if you're looking for like a good consistent yard picker upper mr bell is the one for you mr bell running back <laughs> Le'Veon bell running back for the steelers for thanks the steelers. Matt. all right next up let's talk about uh Devontae freeman for the Falcons. Devontae Freeman for the Falcons. Uh, Freeman, he's he's a free man, which means he is catching 
balls because he's a wide receiver. Okay. That's when I get, that's how I feel. So tell us more about Devontae Freeman. He's uh, on my, for the record, he's on my fantasy team. Oh, he's trash. He's garbage. <gasps> um, he is um, overrated. People have a lot of confidence in him and he's just not good. He is, he's not going to get the catches he needs. He's not going to get touchdowns. He's going to get targeted and shut down. He's not the consistent player you need on your team. He is a, he is a ball dropper. That hurts. I picked him up uh, last year and uh, and kept him. I picked him up really low rounds, and then he had a really breakout year. And so now I have him as my keeper. What you position? Have any does idea he what play? I'm talking about? He's a running back. Ah, dang it! All right, uh, are you ready for keeper? the next one? I'm just assuming that someone you keep. Yes, I'm good at words. So from year to year in our league, the way we do it is you draft you draft your players. Okay. Um. You get to keep from year to year. You get to keep two guys. So oh, the goal is to, okay. to to scout, pick up good guys at a good value, and then hold on to them until they get good. Gotcha. Yep. All right, you ready for another one? Let's hear it. Demarcus Williams. Oh, he sounds familiar. Demarcus Williams. Demarcus Williams. He's a tight end. Okay. Feels like a tight end. Okay. Um, I think I think that's a good pick. Feels good. I you feel, like it? Yeah, I, I will because okay. he. Uh, I I think he 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 hasn't he hasn't broken out yet. Hasn't had a breakout year, but he's hungry. You know, <laughs> he's got that passion. He's like, this is the year. This is the year. This is why I think you're faking it in volleyball. Because <laughs> you use these words, and he he's gonna dig deep. Breakout year, huh? Breakout year, and if he's already broken out, he's gonna break out even more. He's gonna dig deep, and he's gonna he's gonna put up some high scores for or high points. I don't know if he's you he, know he, he's a tight end. That's an offensive. You position. said he's a tight end. He's, yeah, gonna, okay. he's gonna he's gonna get some points. He's gonna do good. Put All him right. on your team. What what position does he play? What's that? What position does he? Play? Uh, quarterback. Uh, All right. All right. That's fine. Ready let's, for another let's, one? Let's hear it. All right. T.J. Juxon. T.J. Juxon. That is not a real football player. That is a prank. That is a prank by the Buffalo Bills to see if they can fool people into ruining their fantasy football team. <laughs> you think he's just a fake he, guy? It's a fake name okay. that someone wrote on there as a joke last year, April 1st, and somehow it's on the official roster. Doesn't play for the Bills. The, who, who, who does he play for? Juxon plays for the Falcons. Of, of course he does. Okay. You know why? Fake. All right. Jux, the Juxon's not a real name. Don't ready, put him on your team. He's not going to score any one? points because he doesn't play because he's not real. Jack Marius Tactheratrix. Oh my god. Are you kidding? <laughs> Jack Marius Tactheratrix. Tactheratrix. Yep. Holy. So let me tell you about Do you, want to, you don't want to know the position. No, tell me the name. Jack Marius Tactheratrix. Oh, of of what team? Dolphins. Dolphins. Let me tell you about this guy. Do you, the question about fantasy football. Do you have do you pick defensive players as well or is it just offensive? You pick an overall defense. So like you pick a team's defense. So, yeah, right. So this is so all of these people are offensive players. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, they're players for the offense. I hate you. There are offensive uh, football players. I, Ray, Ray Rice was pretty offensive. Okay, take it easy. So what, tell me his name one more time. Jack Marius Tactheratrix. Jack Marius Tactheratrix. Tactheratrix. You want him? Most people on, call him JT. You want. Sir Tycheratrix on your team. JT. And this is why. Okay. On the offseason, 
he was able to slay the black dragon. <laughs> the black dragon what? of the Pythetrix dungeon. What did the dragon hold? He held the amulet. The amulet of eternal dark power. This is nonsense. No, it's true. His listen okay, his name isn't nonsense, but this is, please. Okay. He got the dark amulet of power from the black dragon from the from the dungeon of Theratrix. He was able to obtain that amulet. Not only that, he obtained the special blood of the Slewcorn. The Slewcorn, a mythical creature whose blood is needed to activate the amulet. The amulet has been activated. He has replaced his heart with it. His heart is in a secret place, still beating, kind of like it, like kind of like they do on Once Upon a Time, where it kind of beats and you don't know why. It's hidden away. That's his only weakness right now. If you kill that still beating heart. He's going to be unstoppable. I would have gone with Curse of the Black Pearl there. Well, it's another one where Davy Jones uh, puts his heart in a in a box. Oh, I don't know. One anyway. of times my reference. All right. He is immortal, infinite strength, impervious to the damage. Okay. He is going to he he's a threat to mankind, not <laughs> Not just football. Not put, just your defensive him, line. Put him on your team. What what position does he play? Uh, he is a uh, corner. Yeah. He's going to murder people. Like, for real. Matt, the last three names, that is Demarcus Williams, TJ Juxon, and Jack Marius Tech <laughs> are from a Key and Peel sketch. Oh, son. Talking knew, about football I players. I knew the names were fake. I knew it. The last three names are from a Key and Peel sketch about how silly football players' names are. I knew it. <laughs> do you want to do? Uh, do you want to do one more? No, we don't need to. Player? This is. I mean, you can. I want to. I want to hear your your thoughts on Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that his mother loves him very much. Okay. Uh, and that he is a sweet, handsome boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he works real hard. Okay. And so I don't think he's going to be a top point maker, um, but even if he's bad, he's a nice he's a nice young man. He, what, he uh, works hard. What do you think Ezekiel Elliott's um, nickname is? E E Easy. Not bad. It's Zeke. Got it. Close. Uh so the problem the problem with your opinion on Ezekiel Elliott is that he is out for the first six games of the season. Well, this is what's going. Well, did I not say I said even if he's not a good point scorer, you're he right. Is, you did. He is a fine young man who <laughs> always wore not, a sus- suit and tie. I don't care about your. He's suspended for for what? And when he got drafted, he wore a shirt that that only came down like to, he wore a belly shirt. Hmm. That way, that's why he's suspended. No, I don't remember why he's suspended. I should know, but I forgot. Yeah, you know why? It's not because he's a nice young man. Because he's a nice young man, and any mother and father would be proud for their daughter to take him home. All right. I'm gonna find out why he's suspended. Oh. Uh, the reason why Zeke Elliott is suspended is domestic violence. No, that's not true. He's such a, he's a fine young man. So you <laughs> saying that he's a nice boy uh, is a little bit off. Um, I don't know. Maybe uh, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound like it. Doesn't sound like it. Doesn't like, sound like the Zeke doesn't we sound know. Like Zeke. Doesn't sound like the Zeke that I know. All right. Well, that's uh, that's Matt's fantasy football predictions. 
So make sure you uh, spend a lot of your uh, auction money on Jack Marius Tech Theratrix. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Jack Marius Tech Theratrix. And Ezekiel Elliott is a good boy. (laughs) So one more thing we're working on, uh, on, uh, according to technical rules, is we have an idea for a new segment called Who Would Win? Who Would Win? But we are going to need the help of you, our dear listener, uh, to make this segment happen. So, Matt, tell, tell us about the technical rules of who would win. So, technical rules of who would win. Uh, we, you are picking one entity versus another entity. Person, army, country, whatever. Um, ideal. A- ideal. Anything uh, that might fight something else. And you want to hear us argue about who would win. Um, I mean, it's pretty simple. The, the idea from this comes from uh, episode two of this season where we were talking about tattoos with our friend Ellie. Uh, she has a tattoo of a robot and a unicorn. And we got into a discussion about who would win that fight. Right. Uh, I think we landed on unicorn. It's we landed on robot. We ran, landed on unicorn. Um, and so we thought it would be a fun segment to continue to have those types of discussions about the hypothetical who would win. Right. It feels very, according to the technical rules, uh, to have uh, a, a fake argument about uh, fake people or fake Quote concepts. Quote, unquote, fake. Yeah. I, I'm emotionally invested in any argument that it I doesn't, uh It doesn't necessarily have to be like comic book characters or right. even movie characters. Um, like it could be things, something like love versus hate or... Or like a uh, bunny versus the board, like the brown versus the board of education. Like it doesn't even have to make any sense. Yeah, like it can be, it can be anything, anything you want. But uh, what we need from you, the, our dear listeners, is some ideas for things that we can uh, argue about who would yeah. win. So if you would reach out to us, uh, you can post on our Facebook page. You can message if you don't want to be in the public eye. Uh, you can message us on Instagram and Facebook as well, and we would uh, love to hear your ideas. You can also tweet tweet us on Twitter if you would like to do that as well. Uh, we have a couple listeners who have given us a couple ideas, uh, but we would like a, a pool to choose from when we do this segment. So give us some ideas, please. All right, Matt. Well, I think that wraps up the show. Um, it has been a whirlwind of sports talk and teacher talk. Teachering. It's been great. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been nice, Sam. It's nice here. It's nice here in the mobile bunker, but I, I miss, uh, I miss Hannah, the producer a lot. Well, listen, if you need a warm body tonight, all I'm saying is I am a warm body. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Hey everybody. Thanks for listening to the According to the Technical Rules podcast. If you'd like to contact the hosts, Matt is on Twitter at MattATTR and Sam is at SamJATTR. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, let's all play According to the Technical Rules.